everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brendan McCullough, and the world is falling apart around us. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when you do a podcast for this many years and this long, uh, things are bound to get haywire, and uh, Bren, what are your thoughts on current events? Oh, it's, um, I mean, I love the band R.E.M., so I feel happy to hear that one of their songs is up in the top 100 again, even after so long since they've released it and have since disbanded. Uh, the song is, is the end of the world as yes, we know it. So, of like, course. <laughs> it's very telling of, like, even if it is the end of the world, I don't know if I want to listen to music that constantly reminds me of it. Like, <laughs> I love R.E.M. I'm not listening to that song. Um, yeah, it's bonkers. Everyone, This optimism people have of, like, ah, oh, next year's going to be better. We got to knock that shit off. It ain't getting better. We gotta make it better. Because it's been like, ah, oh, 2017's bad. Let's go 2018. Nope, it's worse. Alright, 2019's gonna be good. Oh, 2020's gonna be great. It just keeps getting worse, guys. We gotta stop with this optimism. Yeah, there's a meme going around where it's uh, 2020, like, uh, in the form of Frieza. He's like, this isn't even my final form yet. It's like, every <laughs> two minutes. It's like, oh my god, you're absolutely right. They just throw all sorts of shit at us and another dragon ball z related meme was uh <laughs> oh what else what Spawn could get what could possibly get worse and then you see like the, the androids walking down the street yeah yeah i saw that one it was like cosplayers yes oh, oh man it's it's just like oh shit's rough it is like, so uh and that's what i mean ugh. for anyone that's tuning in back into this episode maybe years from now in the future we're talking about the coronavirus <laughs> It's like for anyone who doesn't that, know. Well, that's what I mean. Maybe everyone's wiped off the planet by this, and this is if everyone's um, wiped off the planet, and like an alien race here says, "I apologize." Well, that's what Don't I mean. Listen to this. This is the ultimate re- record of human history. No, I'm kidding. But I Jesus feel like Christ. I, I don't know. Human history had a lot less cannibalism <laughs> than I make it out to seem. I just want to get that on the docket. That's fair. I don't know. Where are we going with this? This is a video game podcast. We should maybe first and foremost (laughs) say that. That's the thing. Despite the coronavirus tearing the world apart, it's caused us to all have to either work from home or like uh, get close with family. And I know that it leaves a lot of room for video gaming because uh, we're all practicing social distancing because we can't go to events. In fact, it was crushing. Uh, My wife's co-workers uh got her for a gift tickets to see the 76ers uh and she's a big basketball fan and i was gonna go with her they got me a ticket too so i'm like what a great gift i can't wait to go and literally it was that saturday uh maybe days before where they're like by the way all nba nba games are canceled uh from here on and it's just like holy shit this shit is really getting serious so and uh, I feel like I'm not trying to make it all selfish about me. I've seen people be like, oh, we have to rearrange our whole wedding and stuff. It's like, oh, yeah. man, that is awful. So and it's just the world has come to a complete halt. I remember the first uh, yeah, Monday and Tuesday of this week, I wasn't even working from home at that point because in our county, it, we didn't have any cases. And my boss uh, was thinking, well, it's probably going to get to the point where we have to work from home. But like on that commute, it was like, there's barely any cars. I was like, oh my God, oh, this yeah. is really weird. It very, it very much did feel like post-apocalyptic shit. Lauren went to go get some groceries and uh, it's, the memes came to life where it's like, there is no toilet paper. There is yep. no hand sanitizer. And yep. there's just like literal aisles of just empty shit because people were panic buying stuff. And it's like, wow. So, I mean, we have enough stuff to last us for a while, but also 
I I also okay. Here's another crazy thing, and I'm not sure if this is true or not. So it's a prediction, but it's also something I heard from my sister who has a friend in the National Guard. He sent her this message that was like, basically, this Saturday they're going to tell the whole nation that uh, the National Guard's going to like enforce not martial law. No, it's not martial law. But it's it, they're just, it seems that way, but they're basically uh, enforcing that only travel throughout the area is to go to grocery stores and uh to get medical equipment and all this this or that so like you're not even going to be able to able to leave your home unless you have like a reason or you're going grocery shopping so i don't know if it gets to that point uh make sure you do have things stocked up you don't want to be kind of caught without anything yeah i mean i went grocery shopping like two hours ago so like i i had to uh re-up on some stuff and yeah there's still plenty of stuff at the supermarket, at least where I was. But yeah, like paper towels, toilet paper, uh, some you know basic medicine stuff, uh, hand sanitizer, completely empty and like limited to like when they do get it to like only two per customer to stop hoarding. So it's bizarre, and I super I get hand sanitizer. I understand that. I don't get the toilet paper. No, like, why is everyone's ass so shitty? It doesn't make, I mean, is it because it's we're eating all this processed, like, canned food now because we want to make sure it all lasts? Perhaps. Like, Mark sent me a video. He's fucking set. Because he's been, like, he's been a doomsday prepper, essentially, since he's been living on his own. He's just been, like, hoard, well, not hoarding, because he's been doing it methodically and planning it. He just picks it up a bit, a bit over the years. But he has so much shit. He's got, like, gallons of water. He's got, like, power generators. It's, like... Mark's bizarrely doomsday preppery, despite how that doesn't surprise me. But I no. also feel like I would know that about him, and then go to like actually, it's like the doomsday's upon us, and I happen to be with Mark, and it's like okay, we go down into his bunker, and it's like oh, we're all good. But actually, all he really has is nothing but toilet paper. It's like what are we gonna eat? <laughs> toilet paper. Oh, damn it. damn it, Mark, your memes. <laughs> um, no, I don't get the toilet paper because like the coronavirus doesn't get you sick. Um, but you should be better, you should be buying better food that won't make you just blow your ass out. And if it's this fear that of like, oh, we don't know when we'll be let out. We might be in here for a few months. That's a lot bigger issue than just, I might need to find something to wipe my ass with. Like if I'm locked in my apartment for months on end without ever being able to leave, I have bigger issues than toilet paper. Yeah. So like, I don't understand this like panic. I mean, it's, it's panic. It's illogical. It's just scared animals doing whatever they can. For sure. So. And then the government is potentially promising that they're going to send us all money. So that'll be like, no, no, I don't, not I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not, but that's something I heard about. And I'm even still, I'm like, how does that solve our problem? <laughs> cause it, I mean, like I've seen some people, cause like, even if they do crack down onto the martial law where you can only leave to buy like a central good, like, I'm hearing all this stuff on the news. I'm looking at my window, looking at a park across the street. I still see people running around, working out, like, playing out there. I was like, what the fuck? But if they are doing that, like, I still have friends who are still, like, in the food service or you working for a grocery store that still have to go to work every day. And there's some people I know who, some, like, animation studios still have to go into work. And, like, up in Canada, some animation studios have said that people don't have to work anymore, but they're not getting paid. So you just get two weeks off unpaid and they're just like cool i can't afford my rent now like and it's just bizarre how some companies are handling it yeah. i'm lucky enough where i my shit's like all administrative office stuff so i can do it from home but like it's insane to see how some people are like you can't leave or like we can't 
you know, we're not helping you rather than we can't help you. And it's insane to see how it all breaks down and how quickly, like, the airlines are out of money. Oh, yeah. They're, go- they're all out of money. And they're looking Dude. for a bailout. And they're expecting to have this, like, four, this bailout that's four times more money than all the airlines combined. So it's just, like, it's just bonkers. And it shows how, like, how on the precipice society was at any given moment. That's a good point. Very One good epidemic point. just pushes everything off. Like, well, fuck, we're, you know, what's happening now? Oh, man, um, that's scary. And it's yeah. crazy how many industries are affected by this. Even, Everyone. like, the small-ass, like, music communities, like, all these bands that were like, oh, we're booking these tours, or, like, they're mid-tour, or going to South by Southwest, which gets canceled. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, I have a friend who's in a band in the United Kingdom right now. He's <laughs> His band is from Louisiana, and they were doing a United Kingdom tour, and then all this shit went down, and I think they're actually staying <laughs> there. to like, there, yeah. Yeah, they're stuck there, but they're also, I think they have the option, like, to maybe, like, get, like, a last plane to the u.s in the near future if they want or they're considering just like uh hanging out there and being like let's let this blow over it might be (laughs) better over here yeah i mean it's it's give or take i mean like italy's real fucking bad but i think germany's pretty good and like they're working on vaccines and stuff so yeah it's it's real case-by-case basis i mean just even within you know within our, our country within our state within you know a county it's real like hit or miss like uh up where i am in los angeles higher up it's not that bad as far as i know i'm ignorant as shit though so put that on the record uh but like orange county is one of the first cases with it in the country so like that part's bad but i'm not in there so um yeah and then plenty of people were like oh airlines are super cheap now let's all go to greece and then while they're in greece the u.s closes their borders and just like oh no like i guess you're stuck in a foreign country now and it's crazy like i my coworkers and i were looking at airline tickets and it was like a flight back to Philly, like a round trip fit, uh, flight to Philly, which is normally probably like, say, two fifty, three hundred dollars this time of year. Yeah, it's forty seven dollars. <laughs> it was so cheap. My one uh, coworker who's from like Pennsylvania, he's like, "Oh shit, I might just like move back home. Like this might be my time to like pack all my shit up, fly it out with me, fly back, pack more shit up, fly back out because it'll all be cheaper than it would be for one trip out." Oh, for normally. sure. Definitely quite the discount. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, you know, that was on, like, Thursday. And then to where we are now, it's like, oh, no, like, all flights are grounded and, like, you know, no one can get anywhere. And it's like, oh, it's a good thing he didn't do it then. Oh, like, for yeah, sure. It's just bonkers what's happening. And even, like, I follow a bunch of artists on Twitter. And even they are just, you would think, like, oh, artist, you just draw stuff at home. You sell it online. The, you know, place you sell it from manufactures it and sells it and then you just make a profit off it. So, like, you'd be good, right? Not, like, a ton of artists are like, oh, all the cons I go to are canceled. I'm fucked now. Like, that's most of my money. So, it's like, it's, everyone's affected by it. Like, whether yeah. you think so or not. It's insane to see how it all, uh, everything's connected. And everything gets fucked up when one thing isn't uh, stabilized or properly prepared. The government. So, yeah. It's pretty terrifying times. It's kind of like ironic. I feel like this is like an elaborate bit, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a big goof by God. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But uh, no, so we're all going through it. And in fact, uh, this show topic is coronavirus related. So I guess I'll mention it before we go into the games we've been playing, because this is really a video game podcast. Sure. Uh, Yeah, yeah. We keep telling ourselves that. Well, that's what I mean. This is this next topic is about GameStop. So that's in the video game world. Uh, 
and they're at it again being complete bastards. All right, so GameStop claims to be essential retail during coronavirus lockdowns. So for anyone who's unfamiliar, uh, I know Brand was originally from Pennsylvania, and that's where I'm located now with Mark and AJ and Whitney, uh, and Governor Tom Wolf eventually shut down all operations in the state saying like, unless this is an essential business, uh, you're prohibited from operating and everyone just stay home during this crisis. Uh, and that's the thing. I know my, uh, work tried to pull it at one point. They're like, well, we're essential. I think and it is like, uh, not really. So, <laughs> but this is taking it to another level because this is a retail place. So already retail isn't essential, but they're saying they are essential retail and they're having their, employees report in for duty and i'm thinking to myself you're not gonna have any customers showing up so why yeah. even have your employees go through this hassle and then to not to mention it they're gonna be cracking down on this shit to the point where it's like yeah you'll have the police showing up to gamestop they're not interested in buying any games they're gonna be like what the fuck are you doing shut here it down. exactly and say you're coming with me so like essentially gamestop's gonna put their own employees at risk of getting arrested just because they're doing their jobs <laughs> GameStop has been just perpetually in the red, like, profit-wise, for years, decades. Like, they don't turn a profit well, especially once the game started going digital. Like, I bought, what, three games over the last, like, two weeks or so, all digital. Yeah. And it's just quicker, more convenient for me, and it doesn't take up space. And I definitely understand some people that do. I I think uh, you were talking about, or some, maybe Corey was talking about, like, the metal... uh, books or coats around like game like special edition games and stuff oh totally cool to have and yeah they definitely are so i can understand the appeal of having like a physical one um or you know if you are worried about like oh my internet cut out i don't want to lose connection to my gaming library stuff like that but yeah gamestop's definitely been struggling Uh, a large part of the way the game industry has turned probably a bigger part to the way gamestop as a corporation is run which is poorly and very badly so this is just one of their moves of like, we need money, put people in stores. That's how we make money. It's like, yeah, but if you take a step back, like a small step back and see the whole scope of everything, you'd realize that's a dumb move. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck they're doing besides just a desperation, like death barrel roll. Like, yeah, I don't they're, know what's happening. I think it's uh corporations and their CEOs being put between a rock and a hard place being like, well, I'm not just going to impl- pay my employees to not work. <laughs> Yeah, like, but also, <laughs> but also, it is a global pandemic, exactly. my dude. Oh so my god, uh, that's so why it's... the government has to back some of these people and like help them out because it's like, yeah, there are plenty of businesses that are just going to die because of this because just one week of no business, they can't exist anymore. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, and a Not lot of good, people are going to die. Unfortunately, it's a very uh, it's... serious problem. So I'm hoping, and that's the thing. I know we're taking precautionary measures, and I really hope it helps in the long run. I'm just curious, how long will this impact us? <laughs> I mean, people are talking about it. they're like, don't expect this to be like the flu, where it's done, where it's seasonal and done by summer. Like, don't expect that to happen. Oh um, no, I was hopeful. No, no, it's it's going to be tricky because like. The coronavirus itself, from what I could tell, once again, this is a video game podcast. Take it with a big grain of salt. We're dummies. Um, from what I can tell, it's like it's very flu-like. The problem with it is that it's just so contagious 
where the bacter- the virus can exist on different surfaces or just in the air for hours without the contagious person being there still. So that's why it's just it's it's not like the bubonic plague where you're just bleeding out your eyes and shitting your brains out. It's just it's just hyper contagious. And that's what the problem is. So for a majority of people, you could probably get it and be fine and like it wouldn't be any worse than just kind of a like slightly more aggressive cold. But for people who are autoimmune or uh immunocompromised, people who are over like the age of like fifty five or sixty, uh, young kids, um people who just medical issues in general who have trouble fighting against diseases or viruses, this could be real bad for them. Especially anyone who has like asthma or like prior respiratory problems. Yeah, definitely. So, like, I know my dad's over 55 and immunocompromised. I got it, like, Mark's uh, got asthma. I know a bunch of other people who got it and stuff. So it's like, yeah, like, a lot of people can get it and be fine. There's still a lot of other people who can get it and have real issues. So, yeah, even if you're going to be fine, take the precautions, you know, herd mentality. You can have the virus on you and not be showing signs up to, like, I think, like, 10 hours or something and be a carrier of it without even realizing it. So, like... Yeah, if you can take the precautions, do it. Like, it, there's no loss of you doing it. It's only beneficial. So, it's I see people still like out and about, like running around, and you know, there's an article of like a college students being in spring break in Florida, of, like we're gonna take the risk, we're gonna do it. It's like, no, you fucking idiots. Like, no, no. for sure. There's a uh, like raves going on in Texas, and there's all these like half naked yeah. people just rubbing up all over each other, sweating. It's like, well, good luck. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, I see a lot of people who are like, oh, man, I really was excited to go to this con. It's like, there's con, fl- there's the con plague, you know, the con crud, the nerd flu already because of how unhygienic it is to be just surrounded by people in a big area, like, sweating together. Now, just imagine if it was a super contagious disease as well. Like, no, this has to be canceled. <laughs> like, this is for the betterment of everyone else. Sorry, stuff's going to be a little janky or your plans got canceled. Listen. The last Digimon movie is coming out in March. The end of March. I had tickets already. I was super pumped to see it. It got cancelled. And I'm bummed. But it, it's for the betterment of everyone else. Sometimes you gotta take the hit. So. Yep. It's I'm worried. Because we had uh, my family had a big vacation planned to go to Yellowstone at the end of May. And then also during all of this bullshit. Yellowstone sh- started showing uh activity again with like magma moving underneath the super volcano so it's like oh good oh great i love it fantastic yeah that's terrifying um from from what i saw it always like it just happens every now and then because it is still a volcano so like i don't think there's any real concern but like if yellowstone were to go off as a super volcano we would just be dead oh yeah no humanity (laughs) <laughs> like well, not even not humanity, but at least North America, everyone would die because you either get caught up in the volcano itself, or just the ash cloud would cover the continent and just create a perpetual winter. Yeah, so, I think that would do that to most of the planet. I'm not sure though. I think they said at least like the north, like north. What are we? Northwestern, eastern hemisphere. Like our hemisphere would definitely be fucked beyond repair, and there would definitely be consequences for the rest of the world. But it would just be like North America would just definitely be fucked. So like. Hey, if Yellowstone goes off, oh well. Like, we're all dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess there's no point in worrying about it, because it's so absolute. 
That makes me feel a lot better about this podcast. This is definitely a video game podcast. So that's this the thing. Def- I feel- we're getting all the depressing stuff done up front. <laughs> that's the thing. We're going to go into wholesome. This virus could be a lot worse. It could be the T-virus. All our Resident Evil fans out there. Hey. Uh, I, but- <laughs> who's to say it isn't? It can mutate. We never oh, know. Lord. Oh, well, that's also not cool. Uh, but I, the last meme I'll mention about the coronavirus, actually, that's probably a lie, but we'll see. Uh, is <laughs> we'll One see. of my favorites was, it was like a Shaun of the Dead scene where he's like, well, I'll just go to the Winchester and wait for this to all blow over. <laughs> I think they actually had to issue like a like a public note, like, don't go to the Winchester. Like, we get it's a joke. <laughs> don't actually go there. Stay inside. Like, because people were actually showing up to that pub. Yeah. So it's just like, we get the goof. Please stay inside. Don't spread this further. Yeah, that was not very social distancing of them. Um, But no. Okay, let's go into the games we've been playing. And before you talk about the games you've been playing, I haven't been playing much despite this crazy thing locked in my house. Okay, no. So that's the thing. I actually, no, I lied. I, well, I binged watched Castlevania season three for on Netflix because I, uh, I'll talk about it in plugs, but I was on another podcast talking about that. And then I hope I remember to talk about it in plugs if I forget. I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, but and then I also was just doing a lot of catching up with my record label stuff. There's like so many records I'm cutting and uh, t- cassettes I'm producing. So I don't know. Games have been on uh, like kind of off my radar for the last couple of weeks. Jeez. I mean, well, now's the perfect time. So like, yeah, I want to dive up. back in. And that's the thing I have. Uh, I just interviewed Matt Apodaca. I got his uh, switch code and also you song uh, posted his on Twitter. So I'm going to try to maybe play some games with some past guests and see how that goes. That'd be really fun. Uh, so yeah, I think if I do get into some gaming soon, it will be switch related, but how about you? I know you did say you've been playing a lot during this. Yeah. It's because of working from home, qu- working quote, quote um and uh just i don't know it's i feel guilty saying it but just like without the pressure of having to do stuff or the ability to go out and do stuff it's like oh i guess i'm just locked in my apartment for like the week cool and like i don't feel i don't feel the guilty or like the stress of like i should be doing other stuff i gotta go out and do this i gotta do this it's like nah man like you can't do shit no one can so it's like oh i can play games without feeling guilty now (laughs) fuck you catholic guilt i can do it now (laughs) so uh yeah, what happened? What did I buy? Uh, I bought Hades, which is a newer game, still technically in early access, uh, but it's one of those games where it's like it's done. Like this, you could release this game; it's fully done. It's fine. They're just adding more to it. So like mechanic wise and gameplay wise and like glitch wise and stuff, it's done. Like it's good, and they're just they just keep adding stuff to it. Um, but so for anyone who doesn't know, Hades is the newest game by Super Giant Games, who did Transistor and bastion and pyre so like phenomenal studio like just like an almost perfect track record um so it's a asymmetric sort of top down like transistor and bastion that's their style and it's a roguelike so i relapsed into that and found out with hades and all my other roguelike games i have roughly like 1200 hours of roguelike games played so damn it's a problem yeah i got it <laughs> i'm aware I hear people be like oh man i have 130 hours in this game i'm so insane it's like <laughs> oh man <laughs> i got like 480 hours in the like second binding of isaac alone alone <laughs> all the others right uh yeah it's just because roguelikes are just so endlessly replayable and it's just so easy to just throw on a podcast or a show on a second monitor and just grind away and it's 
something that's good with Hades is you're playing uh, Zagreus, who's the son of the Greek god Hades, and you're trying to get out of the underworld. That's the basic premise. And all the upgrades you get are different things, and a lot of them are blessings bestowed to you by other gods. So Zeus, Poseidon, Artemis, all of them. And anytime he gets a blessing from them, he has like a little dialogue conversation with the other gods. And then when you die, you go back to the house of Hades, and there's a bunch of other people in that house to talk to, like Nyx, the goddess of night, uh, 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 Achilles. He's there because he's already dead at this point. And like all these other characters you can talk with, and there's just so much dialogue. You, like almost every time you talk to someone, it's new dialogue, and there's just so much. And it's really good voice acting. And it's not the same seven voice actors you hear in every fucking game. I love you, Steve Bloom. <laughs> Give someone else a chance. Yeah, totally. Um, but the amazing thing is, I think Zagreus is actually voiced by Darren Knob, Cobb, who does all of the music. Like, he did the music for Bastion and Transistor that are, like, critically acclaimed to some of the best video game soundtracks. Yeah. He's the main character. And his voice sounds amazing. Like, he's got a very good British act. I mean, it's weird it's British for a Greek character, for a Greek <laughs> god. Um, but like all the actors in it are really good and like, like, I don't want to be mean, but like, they're kind of nobodies. Like they're not voice actors. They have other jobs, but they're all really good. So it's, it's just a solid game. Like every way you look at it. Nice. Uh, That's good. They just had a, they just had a big update recently. So it's like great content. I think I got like, Oh God, probably like 70 hours in it already or something or close to that. Like it's really good and i was kind of afraid to buy it but i was like ah, fuck it like what else am i doing totally so there's gonna be more content for that so like if you like roguelikes if you like just greek mythology and you want a good game with that that's not uh age of mythology back in the fucking 98 uh check out hades strong recommend nice uh, it's like 30 dollars uh so what else did i get i got that deer simulator game well, like D E E E, like monthly. oh shit, yeah, the really I weird one. I think I saw that on Steam, but it's on Switch too. It's on Steam. It's in early access, and it's pretty disappointing. Oh so, no! <laughs> yeah, so it's got all weird. Oh shit. dear! <laughs> oh my, dear! Oh my! Uh, yeah, so it's Deer Simulator. It's kind of like Goat Simulator. It's supposed to be just super zany and wacky and nonsense, right? Um, so you start off, you're just the deer, and it's like walk this way you walk that way it's like click to attack and you, you rise up on your hind legs and just kind of wave your front legs so like, yeah that's how a deer would uh, attack and then it's like hold shift to run and when you hold shift the deer gets up on its hind legs and just starts running like while t-posing like with its arms straight out and it's like all right that's weird yeah it's like right click to like a zip line it's like what you right click and the deer's head shoots off like spider-man like it grapples onto a building and you can swing from it it's like okay this game's weird huh yeah uh, and then you can, like, run up to people and you can, like, say hello. Or you can, like, deerize them where you give them antlers and they start following you around. Um, so there's definitely plenty of zany shit. Yeah. But that, it's some of just, those elements sound cool. They're fun, but it's just on a small island. Um, you can run around. There's a giant koala up on a building. If you attack it, it just shoots lasers at you and kills you instantly. Uh, there's a big fish flying around. It doesn't seem to do anything. Uh, an elephant flying around, flapping its ears. And basically you just run around destroying shit. And after you destroy enough shit, the police come after you. But the police are sheep. And if you destroy enough shit, cop cars come after you. But the cop cars are polar bears. And then there's rabbits with sniper rifles that come after you. 
And during all this time, you can find weapons. So you can get a grenade and you can throw it or you can get uh, pistols. And the pistols replace your antlers on your head. Uh, and then you get more weapons, destroying more shit. And if if you, like, deerize people and have them following you, they'll also run into buildings, destroying them for you. And then, after you get to a certain point with the police, a giant corgi appears, who just forms, like, a, a police mech with all the other police animals. And then you can get your own animal mech of, like, tigers and, like, rhinos and something, like, that form a smaller mech you can fly around and shoot. And it's wacky and silly and fun. It's like $12, and that's it. Like, I blew through everything this game could do, every single thing this game can do, in, yeah. like, 25 minutes. I think disappointing is about right. So, like, it's fun. Everything you see in the trailers and stuff and screenshots are fun, but that's all there is to it. Yeah. And while they are fun to play, it is nowhere near the price, and it's an early access, so it's like there's early access like Hades which like this game is done but they just want to keep adding more to it right and while they're adding more to it you can play it but the game's like might as well be polished and finished and done Deer Simulator is an early access game where it's like this game is going to be broken and janky as hell and that's the quote charm of it which means we're not going to fix it but you're still no. going to pay us for it <laughs> yep so like it's 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 fun silly game if this was three dollars I'd recommend it. It's a silly fun time. For 12 or 11, I think, I can't. And I this is one of the few games I actually got refunded on Steam. Because I'm like, this is nothing. I had less than an hour. I burned through it and I'm exhausted with it. So it's like, can't, can't attest to this game. Well, this is n- uh, not game related, but do you think a deer could jump a six foot fence? Yes. Oh, damn it. I was always considering, I'm like, <laughs> no fucking way, until I saw this yeah. video on YouTube, and maybe I'll put it in our show notes. But in the last five seconds, this bitch clears it. <laughs> it's, especially in Pennsylvania, we've got more than enough experience with deer, and deer can do bonkers-ass shit. Yeah. So, like, I, I, if you get the right footing, and you get, like, a you know mature enough deer, yeah, I think it could clear six-foot fence easy. Yeah, they're like our kangaroos for all our mates down under. (laughs) Well, we certainly don't have any of those now, after that atrocious accent. I know, we never had any to be in with, it's fine. (laughs) Um, Yeah, a buddy of mine's dad, uh, he got laid off at his, like, contracting company or whatever, so he's like, cool, I'm gonna build an orchard and, like, start my own winery. We're just like, what? And he built an entire, like, fence around his whole property to stop the deer from eating it. And it's just like wild. That All is, they can do is just like fuck this. I'm doing this. You're like you did. What well, you did it. I'm impressed. You did real good. Um. Yeah. So Deer Simulator. It's fun. It's zany. Watch someone else stream it. Yeah. I, it's not worth the price. That makes sense. Um, what else? I finally did it. I finally got around to playing Banner Saga too. I don't even believe you. <laughs> I did it because it's a game where you make choices. It's like a uh, tactics tile game, and you make choices uh, throughout the game of like, oh, like, these people found a bunch of these berries while foraging. Should we eat them? And you're like, yes. And you eat them, and a bunch of people die. It's good. Congrats. Like, most of your clan is dead now because you made the wrong choice. It's like, shit. So there's a lot of stuff like that, and it's brutal as fuck. Like, there's so many wrong choices, and you don't, like, everything seems like it could be the right choice, and everything seems like it could be the wrong choice. So it's, like, it's paranoid as hell playing it because you're like, I don't want to mess up. Because you only have so many clansmen, 
who get food for you. And you have so many fighters that defend the the wagon and all the people, all the clansmen. And then you have Garl, which are giants, who are also fighters. And then you only have so many, like, heroes, which you actually control in battle. But then every battle you do, no matter how good you do, you can have fighters and Jarls die. So it's just like, shit. Like, even if you did perfect, you can have, like, ten people die. Damn. So it's just like, it's brutal. And the resources you have to, like, pay for everything or run out are the same resources you get for winning battles and stuff. But then it's the same resources you use to level up your heroes. It's the same resources you use to buy food. It's the same resources you use to buy equipment. So it's all coming from the same area. And you don't get a lot of it ever. So, like, you're stretched real thin. And it's real tough. And it's hard to do. And that's why I was so scared to play the second one. Because I remembered how tough that first one was. Um, so, a long, ba- long way of going about it. The choices you make in the first one matter. And it affects the story. You, so you can import your save file from the first one into the second one, and then the same uh, from the second one into the third one. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah. So, uh, so like at the end of the first one, uh, someone dies. Someone important dies, and depending on who it is, it changes the story. So, the, like that's one of those things where it's like, oh, I want my game, as opposed to just the generic like you choose who died. So it's like uh, same with like Mass Effect, like that. Yeah. Um, so when I reinstalled the first game so I could import my save data over, I saw that the first game I played in 2015. So it's been a while. <laughs> Damn. It's been a while since I claimed I would play the second one, but I finally did it. That's true. That's like almost the life of this podcast. <laughs> it's five years. <laughs> so I finally did it. I played the second one. The sad part is the games aren't that long. Like I could, I knocked it out in like two or three days. Like I could have done this so much. That's wild, Brad. Yeah, just, I feel like this is a monumental moment in this podcast. Like you've achieved something you've put off for so long. That I said that at the beginning of this year. I'm like, we're gonna actually do shit that we've been stuff. lying about for so long. <laughs> it's just the game's so hard, man. Like it's a tough game, but it's the you know same with like super giant games. Music, beautiful voice acting. Great animation, stunning, absolutely stunning art style, story, interesting, unique. So, like, it's good on so many levels. The gameplay is so hard, and I'm so bad at it. Damn it. So I feel so guilty playing it, because, like, I can't afford these characters. Like, in Fire Emblem, I turned off the permadeath after my first playthrough, because I'm just like, I want to enjoy it. In this one, it's like, there's no permadeath, but I'm getting my shit kicked in. Damn. So, like... Knowing it was hard, I was like, let me just put the difficulty to easy mode right away. Hell yeah. I don't care about the combat, the story, like, the survival choices of, like, what food to eat, who goes out and scavenges, do we found a weird thing, do we accept them in our party? That alone is hard enough. So, like, that doesn't scale with difficulty. So, I'm like, combat-wise, screw it. Easy mode, I'm going to breeze through this. First battle, first round of combat, my main character gets one-shotted by an enemy. Instantly (laughs) killed. What the fuck? Instantly killed, but because That's it's easy, unreal. Because uh, because I mean I don't think there's permadeath in the game ever, but your characters in normal and hard difficulty they'll be injured, which means they'll be weaker for the ongoing battles. So when the game gets harder, all of your heroes are injured permanently. So it's just like why, why? So at least on easy mode, when they die in battle, you just can't use them in that battle. They'll be fine for the next one. Gotcha. So it wasn't too bad, but yeah. Immediately, it's like, hey, we found some like starving children in the woods. Do you want to accept them in your party or turn them away like a cold-hearted bastard, like asshole? It's like, well, when you put it like that way, I'll accept them in my party. It's like, cool, they join your party. 
And then you go to rest. It's like, those children in the night stabbed and killed a bunch of uh, other clansmen and stole a bunch of your food. You're now down 30 clansmen and, like, 45 resources. You're just like, fuck! And, like, there's no way you would have known that. Right. So it's just, like, brutal as hell. Seriously. Um, But so I finally played it and I beat it. And, like, the storyline's cool. And it's, like, a real end of days, like, apocalypse scenario, which maybe is kind of appropriate for yeah, now. Oh, gosh. Um, but, like... So, like, I'm playing it, and it's just a lot of tough decisions. It's, like, imagine, like, Walking Dead, but, like, in Nordic mythology and, like, good. Um, And it's weird because it's not just, like, I'm the hero. I'll save the day. Your hero's kind of like, guys, we're fucked right now. Like, the world is, like, literally collapsing underneath of us. It's like, where do we go? It's like, I don't know. So, like, it's really intense. And uh, without spoiling it, I beat the second one recently. Um, getting ready for the third one and just like the last shot there's like one last battle in the second one and it's very narrative heavy so it's only like one character versus one character it's like oh do this special thing to try and like save them uh i didn't and the last two cutscenes i saw apparently happen if you do certain things and i saw both of them together so i think i fucked up real bad i think i goofed oh real hard Oh, I, I'm like scared for the third one because I think I got like the worst scenario possible. Oh, you played it like I would have. Yeah, <laughs> I was about that. this is my Kate Moss. She died. Like, uh, oh, so like man. it's just kind of like you know, it's like all right now for Banner Saga three, and you see like the flash of like the be- like the bad guy's eyes are like glowing red. It's like shit. So like it was one of those scenarios. So yeah, I'm mine. just picturing it in my shoes. Like, if they made a sequel to Heavy Rain, it's like, now you're playing as the killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone died. Uh, yeah, so I'm terrified to play the third one. But I will. Because I got <laughs> That's uh, cool. And then the last game I bought, like I said, I actually got a lot of gaming done. Last game I bought, once I finally put down Hades, I was like, I'm done with roguelikes for a bit. I'll just, like, power cleanser. I put enough hours into all of them. Let me just play Banner Saga. And I played Banner Saga and beat it. I was like, cool. Now what do I do? And like the day I beat Banner Saga 2, I saw it just trending on Twitter. I'm like, exit the Gungeons now out. It's like, what? It's like, yeah, it's, yeah. A, sequel. it's a sequel to Enter the Gungeon. You know that game you have 400 hours in? It's a sequel to that. It's like, fuck. Didn't so it, John I, from One Track Gamers tweet that at you as soon as he saw it? Because it reminded yeah. him of you. <laughs> I saw it. And then like, yeah, 20 minutes later, he calls me out. I was like, hey, you want to buy this game? It's like, shut up, John. I already have it. <laughs> So, yes, I do want this game. Shout out to One Track Gamers. We love Ugh. you. And it was just like, god damn it, because it's, like, it's on Switch, and it's a, it, it's a, it'd be a really good mobile game like on Switch, like the handheld. So I'm like, screw it, I'm just buying it for Switch. I don't have anything planned on that right now anyway. Uh, and it's $10. So like the first game was like 30 or something, I think, or 25 This is 10 So uh, Enter the Gungeon, it's a roguelike. You're, you're in a dungeon, you're shooting, but it's all guns. Gungeon. Real simple. Exit the Gungeon is you beat Enter the Gungeon, the Gungeon's collapsing around you, and now you're trying to escape it. Nice. So, instead of running around on the floor, you're in Enter the Gungeon, you could quick jump to different levels of the Gungeon if you beat them or did a certain thing uh, through elevator shafts. So the premise is that to escape, you have to go up those elevator shafts. That's why it's vertical. Okay. So you're on a moving platform going up. You play as the same four characters. I'm sure there's more unlockable ones. As you're progressing through the game, you unlock different NPCs that help you out. Uh, each time you beat a boss, you get a currency that helps you buy new guns and unlock different upgrades. And it's really tricky now 
because instead of a top-down, like, Zelda or Binding of Isaac, like, dungeon crawler, you're now just in this very confined elevator shaft with just in a bullet hell. So it's a lot of bullets and a little bit of space. And it's really tough. Like, I think I've only gotten past two bosses, maybe two or three times now. And, like, I've been playing a good bit. And it's really challenging compared to the first game. Uh, because of how limited it is into both space, weapons, and just, like, you know, in a roguelike, you'd be running around, you'd destroy pots, and you'd find heart, and you would know, replenish your health. This one is very limited on, like, the uh, bonus items that would help you out. So it's real tough, real scarce. Um, new enemies, though, new bosses that are really cool and stuff. And, like, same team, same gungeon. Like, it's, it's solid. It's a solid game, especially nice. for the $10 price point. It's, like... You can't argue with that. That's a great deal. Right. And I can understand why it's at that price. Same with like Deer Simulator. That's not worth that price. But uh, Exit Gungeon is a steal for $10. But it is also, like I said, much more limited. You got, um, in the first one, you probably start off with like 40 guns. And you can unlock unlock like 150 more or something like that. This one's like, I've maybe unlocked... Uh, like 20 items so far. Okay. Like the, the bosses are a lot harder because of the uh, reduced space and all the bullets in it. Uh, there's some bosses I just have not beaten ever. Like, with each run, you get a different uh, boss. Like, it's randomized. And there's some bosses I've just never beaten because they're just so hard. Uh, the, uh, the guns I have are much fewer. Um, and instead of, like, unlocking a chest and getting a new gun... It's set, it's set automatically to change. So while you're playing and while you're shooting enemies, after, like, uh, I don't know, let's say, like, every tenth enemy you kill, your gun changes to a new gun automatically. And luckily, that's the way I preferred playing Gungeon back in the yeah. day. So this is perfect for me. The problem is the quality of the gun, there's different, like, tiers of guns that are good and bad, um, is dependent on a combo counter in the top corner. So it's how long you can go fighting without getting hit. And every time you get hit, the counter resets. Right. So the higher the counter, the better guns you get. The second you get hit, it drops down and you get kind of a shitty, like, a nail gun. As opposed to a uh. rocket launcher that shoots bees that are homing. Like, so that's kind of irritating because of how few guns there are. You get some real shitty ones. And, for example, you'll jump to dodge bullets and you'll have uh, a charge shot. It's a gun that only shoots after it charges up so much, but then it bounces around. So it's good, but you have to charge it for a few seconds. But every time you jump or dodge roll, the charge stops, and you have to start uh. So guns like that and, like, the blunderbuss can be really tough to have because, like, the buildup you have going for the charge resets anytime you roll. And it's a bullet hell, so you're rolling. Constantly constant. moving. <laughs> yeah. So guns like that are really demoralizing. And so, like, that kind of sucks. Um, but like I said, it's still a rock-solid game. It's a cool twist on it that they did that you're doing vertical now. Um, the first dungeon everyone does is the same for all the characters. But then the second dungeon and beyond uh, is different per character, which is cool. So, like, the prisoner uh, on her elevator shaft, it's broken up into five segments that are constantly moving up and down. So you have to be, like, you know, make, keep an eye on all of them so you don't just slip through the cracks and fall and die. Uh, one guy's a pilot, and his has two big buttons on the left and right side, and they control the elevator shaft, like, making it fly. Hmm. And then you have, like, thwomps coming down from above, like in Mario. 
So you have to fly left or right to avoid those. And I didn't realize you had control over that for a long time. Okay. So, like, it's really cool, but it also makes it much, much, much harder instead of just riding the elevator, which is already tough. Right. So, like, the game's brutal. I, I would say it's it's a fair degree harder to enter the dungeon. But I would say, like I said, for $10 and, like, for a good Switch game, it's a solid pick. So I would say everything I talked about, I highly recommend, except for Deer Simulator. Very cool. Yeah, you did play quite a lot, and that's awesome. And I feel like it sure seems like this quarantine, as people are calling it, is only going to be extended. So we'll see how much longer we're going to be stuck in our homes playing games. Hopefully I'll have more to contribute next time around. But there is a lot going on in the gaming world, so we can kind of segue over to the show topics. Uh, One thing I did want to mention very just like kind of in passing is that PlayStation 5 hardware specifications were revealed and same thing with the Xbox One Series X. Uh, I don't fucking know what a teraflop <laughs> is. I don't know <laughs> what ray tracing means. Like, I'm literally a dumb idiot, people. So, like, when <laughs> you tell me all this, like, specs, I'm like, cool. What Neat. games are coming with it? Yeah, like, that's yeah. <laughs> all I really fucking need to know. Um, and uh, that's what I mean. So, I could care less about Xbox because everyone knows I'm a PlayStation fanboy. Uh, I got called out on it on Pat Johnson's podcast recently. Yeah, but that's, that's the thing. True. It's, it's the truth. Uh, the thing I'm the most interested in about the PlayStation 5, though, is the backwards compatibility. So, I'm like, what's going on with that? And I'm pretty sure it was announced that. Sony has said that the majority of the top 100 most played games are working for PlayStation 4 games, that is. So it'll be backwards compatible one generation and expect uh, the most popular games to be available. So it's like, eh, not every PlayStation 4 game, but most, that's kind of depressing. I was really hoping for like them to really wow us with like, yeah, PS3 too, maybe. I mean, I can definitely understand the problem because we've talked about this before. Oh, totally. Well, most consoles aren't backwards compatible. Like, it was a rare thing for the PlayStation 2 and the GameCube and the Xbox 360 to do that. They're the ones that stand out. Almost every other console can only play that system or those games, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and especially with the way technology is going, I'm the same as you. Well, I'm an idiot. I don't know. Bassett could come on and tell us the intricacies <laughs> of ray tracing and how beautiful they are. Like, we get it. You're smart. We're dumbs. <laughs> We're dumb dumbs. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, how pretty is Geralt going to be in the remastered Witcher 3? Like, tell me, that's what I want. So, um, yeah, with the technology, it's changing so much and so quickly. Um, I would say kind of artificially too much. Because, like, they're releasing they're releasing a new version of a console, like, every eight months now or something. Like, the Switch Lite. It's like, do we need that? You know. Well, that's Xbox, uh, Nintendo is Xbox super One guilty. X, Xbox One S, One Xbox Scarlet. Like, I don't. Yeah. Do we need these? So, um, I feel like Nintendo is the worst though with it. With like Nintendo, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the yeah. 2DS, the 3DS XL. Like they just every iteration they can think of, they're like, let's make it a little bigger. Let's uh, add a backlight. Let's like I don't know. The mobile consoles like or systems really did that badly. Yeah, the, the DS were insane with those, but. Um, but even with the advancing technology, it's going so quickly. I could fully understand why they're just like, yeah, in order to do this new stuff, we don't have the space to fit the old stuff. It's not something we can just easily layer on top of. Whereas like the PlayStation one to the PlayStation two might've been using either a lot of the same components. Oh, totally. It was just (laughs) such a giant leap that they're just like, you know, it's like a computer. Yeah. All the technology we had back 40 years ago can now fit on like a microchip that I can like put on my wrist like super easily. So, but 
like I think the technology is kind of plateauing a bit where it's like we're only getting so much incrementally better that we haven't had enough time or distance from the last generation to reduce the size and make it compatible, like easy enough to be compatible with this new generation of technology. So I'm not surprised by it necessarily. Maybe with uh, digital games, maybe that's less of an excuse now. Maybe they should have, you know, all the old gens on a console now because it can all be digital. So as long as the games can play that, you don't need to have the physical, like... It's a lot trickier to have a system that can run both a GameCube disc and a Wii disc, but Nintendo right. was able to do it. But if it's all digital and there's no physical disc anymore, like maybe it's easier. I don't know. I don't know technology really well, so. Uh, but maybe that's an option, and or maybe they're just like, "Hey, here are the top 100. We're gonna give you some leeway with it. If you want to play these old games, buy the old console, buy the old games. They're not going away, at least you know for a little bit, but." It's yeah. it's tough to say. It's it's I can see both sides of the argument of why we should have it and why you know we shouldn't or we can't. So totally. And all I will say about Xbox is their controller looks really slick. Um, and their hashtag is Power Your Dreams, and I'm like that just feels corny. Which is tough to use because there's the game, the Dreams game, yeah, which right? Came out on PlayStation, PlayStation 4. exclusive. So it's like I will power my dreams by playing With PlayStation, PlayStation Four. <laughs> Because I don't know if you've been looking at some of the Dreams footage. Because, like, PlayStation fully missed. Or, like, we dropped the ball on this. We don't know how to market this. Because it's, it's it's like a sandbox toy. It's a like Gary's mod for PlayStation. So they're yep. like, we can't market this. So we don't know how to sell it. So we didn't. So it's just out. And, like, if you guys want it, you can play it. And that's it. And, like, they just kind of left it. Even the box art's very generic and, like, doesn't tell you anything about it. Um, but for anyone who doesn't know, Dreams is essentially, like, like Gary's mod... It's essentially a playground that you can just build whatever you want in. So imagine like Minecraft, but like better and way better by a Nazi. And uh, (laughs) Knox a piece of shit. He fucking knows it. Um, It's made by uh, Media Molecule, who is the company that did Little Big Planet. So they did really cool stuff by playing like a side scrolling platforming game. But then you could build the levels yourselves in that. So they just expanded further on that. So instead of building levels on a preset game, now you're just building the game itself entirely. Yep. So and it's like it's definitely at the medium molecule polish where it's like everything's real soft. Everything kind of seems like it's made of marshmallow, and everything's like round. Um, but it's just some of the game, like it's a real hit or miss grab bag of stuff. Some of them are just video experiences. It's not even a game. Some of them are fully fleshed out games. Some of them are remakes of other games like Metal Gear Solid. Uh, some of it is uh, Don't Let Naruto Kiss You Simulator, where you're running away from Naruto, the popular oh, animator. God damn so, it. So, like, it's it's what happens when you give the general populace free reign to control stuff, and just memes and insanity ensue. And it's beautiful and disgusting and wonderful and horrifying. <laughs> like, just, I, if you... I know plenty of people who are just like, I'm never going to make something in it. Because once you actually do the like the creation mode, you see how meticulous and time-consuming it is. Oh, like, for you sure. Have, like the Mario, Super Mario Maker levels and stuff, you're just like, oh my god, this person must have spent like a month just making this level. And you're like, yeah, probably. So it's the same with that. But like, you could just buy the game and just play all the random levels on it. And like, like I said, it's a real grab bag. So there's going to be a lot 
a lot, like a lot of shit, a lot of garbage. But then every now and then you find a game that's really good, or you find some really good shit, like the running from Naruto uh, simulator. You don't let them kiss you. It's fun, but it's also dumb as shit. So it's it's really interesting if you liked Mario Maker, if you like you know any game where you could customize or build your own levels, like give this one a shot because it's sure. just the best I've heard to describe is it's YouTube, but as video games. Oh lord. It's just like anyone can just make a random video on YouTube and put it up. Anyone can just make a random bullshit like video game in Dreams and put it up. And like some of it's really good and impressive and some of it's horrifying. Yeah, I'm more interested in making some of the dumb game concepts we've come up with during the life of this podcast. Like we'll be playing some conversation game and be like, say some bullshit, be like, oh, we should actually make that as like a joke. But like, I'm trying to think of one that comes to you mind. Can like make maybe an like unfortunate boy game. Yeah, like, unfortunate boy, or like Guy Fieri Simulator. Yeah, or like Bread Shoes the game, where you're just a dude who just puts on bread shoes, and then that's it. Yeah, I'm so, like, into it. It's bonkers as hell, and it's I think it's definitely just in this very young quasi primordial state right now, where it's like what's happening. No one knows what's happening, but I think like give it like two or three years, and you're gonna have someone who makes like an incredible game on there, like. One game right now that's already... Because it's been in beta before this. So some people have already been working on it for months. Um, even though it just released. But there's one game that's like a kaiju game. Where you're like a giant salamander running through like a city and destroying it all. And it's really impressive for making a game within a game. Like within an already pre-constructed game uh, like creator. So it's, it's going to be wild for a while. And I'm sure it's going to be a very popular streaming game. Dude, someone should make an Inception game, and then in the game, you end up watching the movie Inception? Or no, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure someone has. I'm sure someone has. God damn it. All right, uh, but well, let's see if there's any other show topics. I have one I saw that is just something I want to mention in passing, but apparently Twitch beats Zelda Breath of the Wild. Someone set it up so the uh, the chat could Jesus. control the game, and uh, <laughs> they beat it. And I'm like, holy wow. shit, that's actually pretty insane. I mean... Give a hundred monkeys a type typewriters and they'll write Shakespeare eventually. So like same That's, premise. Yeah, the exact same premise, and they proved it to be true. I mean, I, I yeah. I'm still going with Breath of the Wild, and I, <laughs> I know it's not like that challenging of a game. If I like really was dead set, like let's just go take on the boss, I probably could. But yeah. uh, oh man, that still is pretty impressive. I you can see it being done with like the first Pokemon because it's so simplified and rigid, and, right? Like. It's like, oh, it's like four buttons total. So, like, I could see them beating. And then once open world games like this, we're just like, how? Yeah, there's like a screenshot here of like the all the, everyone in the chat saying backflip, backflip, backflip. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? How is this happening qu- fast enough? I would have been interested to see that uh, transpire. But the fact that it did happen is pretty crazy. Yeah, for anyone who liked those like Twitch plays like Pokemon or Twitch plays Breath of the Wild, like, those still go on all the time. I think Twitch Plays Pokemon was just the biggest. Yeah. and Because it, it was just the simplest and easiest for people to get into. But, like, they still do those, like, for plenty of other games. And I'm sure they're up somewhere for VODs to watch. Yeah. So, yeah, check them out. They're complete anarchy and really entertaining at times. Totally. That's all I really had, though, for our show topics. Anything you want to mention before we wrap this up and do some plugs? And a few other things. Oh, I didn't play it yet, but I got Monster Hunter World Iceborne, the the expansion pack. Oh, nice. Bought that earlier today because it just went on sale. 
So hopefully it's had enough time to like bake and work out all the patches and stuff because apparently it's pretty rough at launch. But so is the game. That's uh, the right. Game. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that a lot. Gonna be a lot of a lot of grinding. It's a big grind game. And then, and then I got exit the gungeon on my Switch, so I'm just gonna be grinding away here. Uh, I'm gonna forget to play Banner Saga three again. Um, God else? damn it! <laughs> Don't hold me to it. I'll probably not do it. For another uh, five years. Yeah, uh, see you in 2025. God damn it. Uh, what happened? I mean, I don't play it anymore, but Overwatch got a new hero. It's a robot. We had uh, a short of it a while back with McCree. Her name's Echo. Uh, instead of having a diverse female character, they're just like, hey, cool. What if she was a robot, though? So it's like, cool. There goes <laughs> there goes the representation. Oh, man, that's a bummer. I didn't. Yeah, yeah I'm just so out of touch with the Overwatch world. I mean... Didn't they say they were making a TV show, and I guess now is this character going to be involved? I don't fucking know. And they're doing an Overwatch 2, but it's not even like a sequel. It's just like more Overwatch. Yeah, but what? Like, I guess they're just like, we're done developing the main game. Now we're just, whatever new changes we're doing, it's going to be on this game, but it's like the same. I don't know. I haven't played in months, maybe a year now, so I'm really out of it. Um, but just to further hammer home that even Blizzard doesn't know what they're doing at that game. The fact that there's competitive Overwatch and big scenes and stuff. Uh, they had to ban a few characters from the competitive Overwatch scene. So for anyone who is familiar or still playing, they had to ban Baptiste, Hanzo, May, and Orisa. Oh, so, why? Uh, they're just too broken. And uh, people are just kind of like ganking the whole like competitive scene where you know May can freeze you. Hanzo's hitboxes are bullshit. Baptiste has a field that if you shoot through... Either does more damage or you shoot through healing, does double the healing. So it just doubles whatever gets shot through. And you can stack that with so many other stuff, like so many other buffs, that it can just become outrageous. Arisa has like a portable shield and a, a gravity ball that can pull you around. Like, I think those with those characters, they were just dominating the field so hard that the only other way to counter them is to also play that character. And then yeah. every every Overwatch game just becomes a mirror match of everyone just copying the other team because that's the best way to counter that character. God damn so, it. So uh, further proves that Overwatch never should have been competitive because Blizzard yeah. never thought it would have been competitive. And the fact that people get so into it is it's just a broken game. Like they balance and shuffle the character stats so much that it's like I can't take this seriously. No. Like a fighting game because it was never meant to be this. It was supposed to be an MMO originally. So, like, the fact that it's gotten to this point is, like, it's just so broken. Like, Yeah, don't punish your player base by saying, like, oh, you can't use these specific characters because your game is that broken. It's like, fix yeah. your broken-ass game and then let them play wherever they want. It should be easily identifiable when it's like, okay, well, that's clearly a problem. Go into maintenance mode, for fuck's sake. I don't, like, we're... I, I mean, though, maybe the the world would go crazy. People would be like, oh, my God, I can't play Overwatch. But yeah. <laughs> oh, no. What a nightmare. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like it's like, oh, this game is supposed to be, you know, if you're going to be competitive, you're supposed to take it seriously. You can play all these characters except for like a quarter of the roster. It's like, why? Oh, those characters are broken. Then and it's our them. fault. <laughs> yeah. So the, you're the one controlling it. Fix it. And it's like, well, they're so inherently broken. We There's nothing we can do to fix it. Like May freezes people. So it's like, oh, we can't have that in competitive. It's like, what? And Blizzard also said they would never have a stealth character. And then Sombra, who can go invisible, is like the second character they released after the game. So, like, Blizzard doesn't know what they're doing. Overwatch is a jangled mess. And, like, I, I can't, 
I can't support it. I mean, I, I already stopped playing it for months now. But, like, they just change it so much that some of my char- favorite characters in the beginning are no longer even viable options anymore. So That's what I mean. Like, Fuck this. And I know early in the podcast, you, AJ, Mark, all of you guys were like, this is the shit. You're all into it. Like, diehard yeah. Overwatch people. It, 800 players. hours in it. That's what I mean. I feel like it's so funny for them to, like, lose touch with their own audience and, like, uh, fuck people over this many times and just, like, thinking they're still relevant by being, like, we'll slowly trickle new uh, players, play- playable characters in for our audience and that'll keep them around. It's like, no, I don't think that's doing it. And then, not yeah. to mention, you're probably not the only one losing interest. Here comes oh, no. Overwatch 2. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually curious to see if it'll be a little less uh, successful than the first one. I, I think it'll definitely be less successful just because the first one, like, it had so much hype for it for so long and, like, build up and it was new and different and people didn't know what it was. So, like, it had that going for it. Yeah. Now, Overwatch 2, like, we know what to expect. Um, I'm not sure if the competitive mode was a good move because, like, they got Overwatch teams now. They're building arenas in every major city for each team to play at the home game and stuff. It's definitely That's unnecessary. More mo- <laughs> eh, I think they're going to be Overwatch arenas like blizzard has the money to build them and then they're probably going to be renting them out for other esports events around like okay. when the league isn't going so esports are popular enough or just video competitive video games are popular enough i think they could survive in major cities yeah so but just like i don't know man i don't know if competitive was a good move like cl- like i said clearly competitive is making them more money and keeping it active they're like there's a very dedicated part to it but like yeah for anyone who wasn't in competitive mode like they made they made character changes based on competitive mode and based on the Overwatch League. So they would nerf or buff characters or take away abilities because of how they were playing in the actual uh, league and not the casual players themselves, like the most of their audience. And then when you play competitive, you're ranked. Whatever your rank is, so you play 10 matches and then you're given that rank for that season, you can only go so far above or below that from previous seasons. So it's like if you fuck up and do really badly in one of your seasons, that kind of hinders you a lot. So it's kind of like, well, then what the fuck's the point of even playing? That's why people make right. so fake accounts. So like uh, Blizzard doesn't know what they're doing. It's real messy, and it's just like, oh man. Like I said, I had eight hundred hours in that game. Like I fucking love that game. I still I have an Orisa art print up on my wall. I still very much love the characters. They're great designs, but like. That game has just mutated so far beyond from what it once was, and I don't know. It's weird to see. Like, I haven't played it in over a year, so like, I don't even have it installed on this computer. So it's just like, I don't know, man. It's wild. It's still going and just so different now. Yep, it sure seems to be the general consensus. Yeah. Oh, one last thing. What's up? Um, apparently there's a butthole cut of the movie Cats, and yeah, fans are I told they you. See. Okay, I. <laughs> I wasn't even sure if that was coming up on the show or not. I'll that bring was in it a up. separate channel. Why would I bring it up? Yeah, that's the thing. I saw that and was like, "Why did they cut the buttholes out?" <laughs> like, what? I feel like if we're oh, well, that's well, if we're going true Dude, to form, like these people are trying to be cats, cat people. Like, leave the buttholes <laughs> in. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's bonkers to say this. But I don't know if adding buttholes would make it any weirder. But no, it would like, that's be how more weird realistic, the movie and that's what they're going for. It's just so unsettling in so many weird ways that, like, even if you put buttholes, I don't even know if I would have noticed if there were buttholes in it because, like, there was so much else. I was like, "What's happening right now? Are there any Why litter the box is- scenes?" 
No. I'm not you know, I'm not gonna say I don't know for sure. I'm I don't think there are. Yeah. But you might be able to prove me wrong. There might be one in the background or it might be like for a quick, you know, quick shot, but there's no extended pooping scene, I can tell you that much. Okay. Well then um, what what's it all matter? <laughs> there's just like you see a like you see asses. So like if you if there were buttholes, you would see them for sure. So it's just like, I don't know, man. And then just like Jason Derulo just fucking ruins that movie. I fucking hate Jason Derulo after that movie. Oh, he's Rum Tum Tugger in the milk bar. And it's just like, uh, and then you got it just Elba. His fur is the same color as his skin. So he just kind of looks like blurry and naked the whole time. And it's just like, what is, uh, that movie's bonkers. Yeah, Ian McKellen, uh, that's the thing. I don't know how I feel about that, but I would definitely be interested in seeing the butthole cut. Same with Sonic. (laughs) I would want to see the the terrible Sonic cut. Uh, Oh, terrible Sonic cut, yes. I thought you were saying the butthole Sonic cut. Oh, no. Well, I didn't know that existed. I don't know, maybe. Well, that's what I mean. That's only for the Illuminati. (laughs) The secret organization. Oh, my God. That's, I think, how we're going to end this episode. It was a video game podcast. We told you, listener. All right, let's... We started with the coronavirus apocalypse. We ended with buttholes. And sandwiched in between is some video games. Yeah, classic ABTS. Um, Let's wrap this up with plugs. Um, Where can our listeners find you? You have another podcast. You can find me on Twitter at ABTSBrendan. My other podcast is called Are Weeb There Yet? We watch anime. And uh, this week we... We were going to watch Zoids again, but honestly, we couldn't fucking take another go at that. No, so I love Zoids. God so damn it. We did watch it. That's just It's just coming out next week. Yay. But instead, this week, we're just like, shit's terrible, as is the beginning of our podcast. We've talked about it. So we're just like, screw it. Animal, Cross is com- Animal Crossing is coming out. We watched the Animal Crossing movie. And it's, oh, nice. It's as delightful and wholesome and pure as you would expect from an Animal Crossing movie. So it was a good time. For a nice Very palate cool. cleanser that's going to be ruined by Zoids next week. Because Zoids sucks. <laughs> no. Oh, man. I'm definitely tuning in for that. Uh, and listeners, uh, I don't have another podcast, but I appeared on one. I was a guest on The Melting Pat. Uh, our One of our only listeners, Pat Johnston, has his own show called The Melting Pat. Go over there to hear us discuss Castlevania Season 3 in its entirety. Uh, spoilers, obviously. That's the thing. I was on his show on multiple occasions, and two of those times we were talking about the previous seasons of Castlevania. So I'm kind of like the Castlevania guy on that show, and I don't know how I ended up being that guy. But it's uh, <laughs> a fun thing to do. I really enjoyed the the anime. It's fucking fantastic if you haven't been watching it uh go binge it you might as well now that we're all quarantined but uh yeah and then head over to his show and listen to us talk about that it's a little all over the place i'm not gonna lie we were uh just (laughs) kind of winging it but uh that's kind of what we do on these podcasts there's Um, a lot that happens in season three oh yeah that was a wild one um and listener if you like our show give us a like follow subscribe uh we're findable at all the places uh on the internet at abt silence uh I know I'm saying like, oh, we're not lying anymore, but I haven't been Twitch streaming as much as I would like. <laughs> I will try to get back to it. In fact, one thing I will plug, uh, it's uh, not affili- affiliated with us, but we had them on as guests. I see that you songs back streaming during the quarantine and even Chef Kevin for the first time. So check out their Twitch channels. Uh, they're fun guys and always have a good crowd in there. 
Um, and I also have a record label. It's MissedOutRecords.com. If you want to see any of the cassettes or vinyl or T-shirts that I'm selling there, uh, check it out. Nice. But that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, hopefully no one contracts the virus. Uh, we'll hopefully hear from some of our other co-hosts soon, but we will be back next week. See you guys. Wash your hands. Wash your hands.